liturgy in our area, right here where we are, all denominations, we try to get together about once a month. We get together for lunch. We share a little bit of fellowship together, check in with each other, and then we plan a few activities that happen throughout the year in joint with, with the various churches. At a lunch a couple of months ago, Brad Patterson, who is the pastor at the Baptist Church in Levon, invited us and our churches to join with him in a particular event. They are planning a faith and family weekend in October. Now, his church did this last year in October, but they did it just in their church. And what they did was they brought in a guest preacher to preach a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday night. Some of you may recall revivals. Um, some of you may know what a revival is. They didn't use the word revival, but that's what it was. That's what it was. And this time, they want to open it up. Instead of being located at one church, we're going to have it at the stadium at Community High School. And all of the churches are being invited to be a part of this. And the key thing is, is that we are not putting up banners by church name and inviting people to particular churches. It's not about that. It's about coming together in unity and preaching the love of Jesus Christ. Now, those of you who have not been to revivals before or even seen one, some of this may be a little foreign to you, but what's going to happen is they're going to have worship going on, there will be a preacher each night, and on Saturday night they're going to have what's, what some churches would call an altar call. But what it is is that people will be invited to come down and meet with church leaders, church members to be in prayer together. And this is going to happen in October. Very little of that is within my comfort zone. Very little of it. Big crowds. Music I probably don't know. A preacher that I'm not acquainted with that might be saying something that, that's just not my style. Coming down, having conversations with people I don't know that... I know y'all think I'm an extrovert. I'm not. I'm actually introverted. I'm actually very shy and having conversations with people I don't know is very hard for me. Now, the whole prayer thing, that I can do. I can pray with people. But the, kind of the rest of it leaves me a little unsettled. Some of you may be feeling the same way I am. That I, that's not for me. But some of you may be thinking, oh, I remember revivals, how much fun they were. Some of you may have even been a part of a prayer team at a revival or faith and family weekend, as we're going to call it. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about at all. But for me, it's a little, it's a little nerve-wracking. It's a little nerve-wracking. In our scripture today, Paul says that the believers were speaking with great boldness and without fear. I need a little of that. I need a little of that boldness. I need a little bit of that fear to go away. And my guess is that some of you might have the same reaction. Well, what is it that we fear? What scares us about talking about Jesus? What scares us about talking about faith? What scares us about saying, God loves you, Jesus died for you? What prevents us from saying, why don't you come to church with me? What are those fears? I think some of the fears revolve around, I don't know enough scripture. I haven't memorized enough scripture. I don't know how to, to, to talk to people about scripture. What's in scripture? What if I get it wrong? What if I say the wrong thing? What if my words aren't right? I think there's a lot of fear around that, about getting the words 
Right. I think there's a lot of fear around, well, what if the other person knows more than I do? And we get into an argument and I, I don't know what to say back. What happens then? This whole debate thing that I could get caught into. And, and I fear that. I don't even like talking to strange people. Why do I want to talk to people about something that I'm just not sure of? Or some people may think my faith is so young. I don't know how to say any of it. I don't know enough yet. I don't know enough yet to say anything. And then my guess is that some people are saying, I don't pray in public. Don't ask me to pray in public. I'm not praying with somebody I don't know. I can barely pray at home because again, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. I think it's time that we need to recognize that the fears are excuses. I'm preaching to myself right now. And maybe we need to set that aside and say, okay, where did their boldness come from? How did they get greater boldness? How can I get greater boldness? How can my fears diminish? I want us to take a look at what Paul said. Paul starts talking about motives. Philippi is a church that Paul founded. These are Paul's people. Paul is very intimate with these people. He knows them very, very well. They're his peeps. But he's talking about motivation. And one of the motivations he mentions is love. So let's talk about that for a minute. Jesus says the greatest commandment comes in two parts. Love God with all that you have and all that you are, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, for us to love our neighbor, we need to start seeing our neighbor the way God does. We need to start seeing the heart and the eyes that Jesus gives us to look at other people. And when we love our neighbor and we ask God, help me to, to see this person in this way. Help me to see this person as you see them. Well, then the next step out of that is, well, then why wouldn't you want them to experience Jesus the way you do? Why wouldn't you want them to find a faith community that you have? And it doesn't have to be this faith community. It can be any faith community. As we love our neighbor and as we ask God to help me to see my neighbor as you see them, why would we not want? Let's talk about Jesus for a minute. If we talk from a place of love, then it's God that's doing the talking. Because the love that we have for our neighbor comes from God. It's a spiritual gift. The love that we have for other people is something that God plants within us. And then when we speak out of that love, it's God that's given us the boldness to speak. So to ask for greater boldness, we don't actually have to ask for greater boldness. All we have to do is ask for God to help me to love somebody better. We're already doing that. If we already ask for God to help me to love someone else, boldness is going to come because God's going to give you that love. You see what I'm saying? Another thing that Paul says in there is that Jesus Christ is proclaimed in every way. Well, if Paul says that Jesus is proclaimed in every way, then every way that we talk about Jesus is just fine. It's just fine. It's not about right words or wrong words. It's about everybody saying what they know. We know that God gives us spiritual gifts. We know that everybody in this space has spiritual gifts. And we know that the gifts that God gives us are sufficient. My gifts that God has given me is enough for me to talk about Jesus. The gifts that God has given you is sufficient and enough for you to talk about Jesus. Oh, wait a minute, Katie. Uh-uh. 
God has not gifted me with talking. Oh, yes, God has. But my faith's too young. But I don't know enough scripture. But what if I say the wrong thing? Uh Uh-uh. If Paul says that Jesus Christ is proclaimed in every way, then every way that we say it is just fine. I read the upper rooms regularly. I do not read them daily, but I read them several days a week. The upper rooms, there are some in the back. They are daily devotionals, which means they give you a scripture for you to read. There's a piece that's been written by someone, and then there's a prayer. Those pieces are written by people around the world, around the world. And what I have found is that when I'm reading my upper room, I can tell by the way the person is writing and what they're saying that this person is not in the United States. And it's not a language thing. It's not a translation thing. There is something about people in impoverished countries that they already have a boldness when talking about faith in Jesus. When they talk about going up to somebody at a bus stop and having a conversation about Jesus, I'm like, all right, well, that wouldn't happen in Dallas, Texas. They're obviously from somewhere else. I can feel the boldness coming through before I even look at the bottom and see where the person is from. Does that mean that God gifts people in other parts of the world differently than God gifts us? No. Does it mean that we aren't using the gifts that God has given us? When Sherry was in the hospital back in the fall, she took with her the prayer blanket that we had prayed over. It was mint in color, and it had dogs and dog bones and dog bowls drawn all over it. It was very Sherry, covered, covered with dogs. And we prayed over that, and she took it with her to the hospital. It became a conversation piece. Doctors, nurses, orderlies, nutritionists would come in. They would see that blanket, and they would ask, well, where did you get that lovely blanket? And Sherry would say, it's from my church. It's from my church. She now has a nurse coming to see her three days a week to do her dialysis. I asked her, has he asked about the blanket? Oh, yes. And what did Sherry say? It's from my church. They prayed over this and gave it to me. And that's all Sherry had to say. That's all she had to say. She didn't have to go into a five-minute sermon about the blanket. She just said, it gave to me from my church. It was simple, and it was easy. We gave her a tool. That's all it was. But the words were Sherry's. The words were Sherry's. Paul says that Jesus Christ is proclaimed in every way. If Paul says that Jesus is proclaimed in every way, then every way we proclaim Jesus is just fine. The easiest way to proclaim Jesus is your story. You are gifted to talk about Jesus because God has given you your story. And here's here's the great thing. Here's the great thing about your story. It doesn't depend on how much scripture you know. And you don't have to say the right words. It's your story. You can say it any way you want. It's your words. And you can speak those words. You are living your story today. You can talk about what Jesus has done for you before, but you can talk about what Jesus is doing for you now. And it's your story. It's your words. It's special and it's unique. But here's the best part. Here's the best part. Nobody can argue with you. 
about your story. You're not going to get into a debate because all you're doing is saying your story. Why do you worship here? Why do you pray? Why is Jesus in your life and what has Jesus done for you lately? Or maybe the flip, what have you done for Jesus lately? It's your story. It's your story. If Paul says that Jesus Christ can be proclaimed in every way, then every way that we proclaim Jesus Christ is just fine. My story is just fine. Your story is just fine. You may think my faith is so young that I don't have a story to tell. How about the people coming to you that don't know Jesus at all? You're a perfect match for that. It's great because you're able to say this is what I'm discovering. And what if I was raised in the church? I don't know any different. Does that make my story better or worse? No. It's just different. It's just different. Maybe you've bounced around from place to place and church to church and you've been all over the place and you think your story's too convoluted. Nope. There's other people that need to hear the consistency in that. What was the thread running through it? Your story is unique and special because God created you. You are unique and special because God created you. Your story is unique and special because God's given it to you. And you are living it now. Hear these words of good news and grace. God already loves that person that you're going to be talking to. God already loves them. Grace is already in them. Moving and nudging and wooing and telling them about Jesus Christ. That's already happening because of God. So when I'm at this faith and family event, and that Saturday that I'm standing on the field with some of you, I hope, and I see people coming down out of the stands, what I'm going to be thinking is, Jesus loves that person. Jesus died for that person. There's grace already active here. I don't really have to convince them of anything. I just have to tell them my story. Mostly i got to listen and pray. But the only words that I need to share are my story. It's my story. Because my story is good enough. And your story is good enough. If God calls us to love our neighbor, which God does, then God wants us to share with our neighbor the love of Jesus Christ. So be bold. Speak from a place of love. Speak from a place of love with boldness and without fear and let Jesus take care of the rest. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.